Good morning, Oak Grove. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. And if you have a need before I finish, you can come before I finish preaching. You can come during the preaching. You can come anytime you want to. Uh, I want you to know today at the end, uh, you know, we talk a lot about receiving Christ. Uh, and today at the end, I want you uh, to allow Christ to receive you. I know that's a little, sounds backwards. I mean, oh, the Lord is here. And sometimes we're inhibited by coming to Christ. We feel, feel like we're not worthy. But I, I, I want you to know with open arms, the Lord is here. I said with open arms, the Lord is here, ready to receive you. If you need salvation, he's here. If you need healing, he's here. If you need wisdom, he's here. If you need inner healing, he's here. If you need outer healing, he's here. I mean, no, he's here. And where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. And so if you're online, he's not limited by the distance of you being in your home or in a hotel room or in your car or wherever. I hope you're not watching this while you're driving. But wherever you are in the world, we, uh, we thank you for joining us today. We've been in a spiritual growth series, spiritual warfare. Uh, warfare is spiritual growth. There's a lot of folks sitting in the pew of our churches that do know, know not much about spiritual warfare. And yet it's happening every day. And so today we're going to deal with offense, offenses. What in the world? Listen, the number one attack the enemy has on the church, not only the church, but specifically the church, is to get offended. So before I start preaching, online and in the house, if anything I say offends you, just go ahead and say I forgive you already. So you're released. You're free. You're ready to go home. God bless you. We live in a very offended culture. I said we live in a culture that's so offended. They're offended by everything. Uh, a few quotes before we get started. I found some quotes I loved. Um, Winston Churchill, he said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. How I many know there's a lot of dark uh, dogs barking? There's a lot of barking dogs out there. Life becomes a whole lot easier when you learn to accept an apology that you never got. A lot of people waiting on apologies. I'm offended and they never apologize. Listen, you can listen, you can go to your grave and never get an apology. How many of you have ever been offended and didn't get an apology by? Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm glad y'all are here today. And then uh, another one, another person said, the real mark of maturity is the ability to remain pleasant when others are not. Have you noticed that our world is just getting cranky? A little hangry? A little angry? Uh, is that the Lord calling? Somebody needs to answer it. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln said, we should be too big to take offenses and too noble to give offenses. So today we're going to deal with two things, not only receiving and like, you know, being offended, but also offending. It's two sides to that coin. So uh, so we want you to to be ready to uh, to receive it. Um, social uh, psychologists teach that uh, an offense is often an unconscious emotional reaction. Uh, but but even though it's real, it's real. We have a choice to release it. You don't have to be offended today. And if you came hurt already, join the rest of the millions of Christians that sit in the pew every week hurt. And we're going to deal with it. How many know the Holy Ghost can come today and heal us? And so let's check it out today. Offenses. Could you just simply not take the bait? I believe it's a trap. The word offense, the actual word offense, it's taken from the Greek word that, that actually means the the piece of the mouse trap or, or the trap that actually holds the bait. It's the little bitty piece. It's a tiny piece. You know, on the mouse trap, that little bitty lever that you put the cheese or the peanut butter on. Uh, mice are not that particular. Whatever sweet or thing you put on there, they will eat it. They will eat it. Uh, it's easy to trap people. Satan uses this one more than any other one, especially for the born-again believers. So it's part of that. It's part of that. And the struggle is pretty real. It's a real struggle. This happens every day to people, and uh, and I don't think that they 
think it's part of spiritual warfare, but it is. Can I tell you, it's part of the spiritual warfare. And we as church, as Christians, believers, we have to grow up. We can't let everybody offend us all the time. We're living in a world and a culture that's all crazy offended all the time. And it's probably happened to all of us sometime or another. Somebody offended us by what they did or what they said. And the um, Webster has a dictionary uh, uh, definition. An offense is something which outrages the senses. Those who are offended are sometimes described as hurt or wounded or upset, insulted, disappointed, irritated. Anybody ever get irritated? Don't raise your hand. Aggravated, angry, agitated. Melissa and I just got a new washer and dryer. We got it without the agitator. We don't even want an agitator in our washer. But I'll tell you what, you you got to know that Satan uses these things to to cause havoc in the church. And we have a choice. Many reasons we might justify as taking offense, but we still have a choice to leave it. Amen? So we have autonomy over our feelings. You have power over your feelings. Let me say it like this. Your feelings don't have to rule your house, your mind, your emotions. There is a thing called self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Anybody ever lose control? A couple of us. It's going to be a great service today, Pastor. I can feel it. So you have the power to possess uh, control and choose to respond Accordingly, spiritual maturity and growth handles offenses. So, so let's see how we do this. Uh, somebody's running it for me, I guess. Are you running it for me, baby? Keep it up. You're doing a great job. Uh, have you ever been around people who is like walking on eggshells, and their feelings are on their shoulders? I mean, you can barely say something, look at them wrong, and they they get offended. Okay. Well, it's pretty in, it's pretty uh, intensified in the last day, right? Uh, in the day we're living in. People are, are absolutely, absolutely offended by everything. So it happened in the Bible. It happens all the time. And uh, so many people in the Bible were offended uh, as well. Cain and Abel. I don't know if that's up there. Cain and Abel were people who got offended. And uh, all, all, uh, they were jealous. One brother was jealous of the other brother uh, in Genesis 4.18 to the point of murder. So, Pastor, it's just a little thing to be offended. I mean, no, that's only where it starts. The offense is where it starts. And, and, if, and if it's not dealt with, that offense can turn to anger. Anger turns to wrath, wrath to malice, malice to murder. So Satan has a process, right? Remember last week? Sin, when it is fully mature, brings forth death. So the Satan is not happy that you got offended by somebody who that what they said or what they did. He really wants you to to get a root of bitterness goes way deeper than just um, my feelings are hurt. And, and uh, have you ever heard of the two families, the uh, Hatfields and the McCoys? Do you know they go to the Assembly of God Church? Boy, it can fester, man, until generations, generations of people hate each other because of some small spark of something that happened. So... Not only Cain and Abel, Joseph's brothers in Genesis, boy, they offended Joseph in a big way. Absalom, Absalom was not happy with his father's decision, uh, what he did with Amnon. When Amnon raped his sister, he didn't think his father handled the situation right, and Absalom developed an Absalom spirit. Started with an offense. I'm offended by the way my daddy handled that. So his father didn't even do it to him, but he took on something. That wasn't even his to take on and allowed that to fester and turned into um, taking over the kingdom, a desire to, uh, you know, actually go against his father's leadership and his king and uh, caused a division in the kingdom. If it's not dealt with, how many know it can cause division? We in Simmons of God plant churches. We know how most of them are planted. By church splits. I mean, no, that's not God's method in the New Testament of planting a church. Now we've got first assembly, second assembly, third assembly, fourth assembly. It's not God's will. How I many know we have to have a church that learns how to grow up and get along with each other? And not only that, 
I'm going to, to Franklin Graham's crusade. How many know? I don't care if he's Baptist. He's still a brother in the Lord. We got to get over this thing. There's going to be other people in heaven. Just a surprise. There are going to be other people who are not assembling God in heaven. Are you kidding me? Here's another surprise. There's going to be some assembly of God, people who won't make it to heaven. I love the way you're shouting there. But that word is really in Matthew and Luke and many other places. is the Greek word scandalon and meant to the part of the trap where the bait is placed. And that's what Satan wants to do. And so people don't offend us. We choose to take the offense. Guess what? If you don't choose to receive it, you're not offended. Somebody can say or do something to you, and they do. Luke 17, 1. Is that up there? I think it's up there. Luke 17, 1. Uh, or you can go to the next slide. Let me just keep going. Um, let's go back to, to the slides. After. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So, scandalon. That's right. Thank you, sister. Jesus said to his disciples, stumbling blocks, offenses, and traps set to lure one to sin. That's what an offense is. Traps set to lure one to sin are sure to come. Jesus said, they're sure to come. If you're at home and taking notes, Jesus said, it's inevitable. They're coming to your house. Offenses. They're knocking on the door right now. They're sure to come. But whoa, judgment is coming to him through whom they come. How many know God's going to have vengeance? There's two things that belong to God. One of them is the tithe. One of them is the tithe. Okay, that's kind of weak. It's Mission Sunday, by the way. Don't forget to give the missions. We've never, re- we've never received an offering by the plate, past the plate, since uh, almost, what, since COVID started. But you've been faithful. Why? Because you understand the tithe belongs to the Lord. The other thing that, that belongs to God is vengeance, Max. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to get back at anybody. You don't have to hold a grudge. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to sit and sour and soak in your anger or, or, or hurt. You can let it go. Somebody shout, let it go. So any, any offense may be unconscious, uh, but the response is just choose. It's a choice. We choose to rise above it, brush it off, get over it, move past it. You can choose to, to fester on it. Either way, it's a choice. You can let it fester. You can fume over it. You can get all steamed up. You can start hatching uh, revenge plans. You can do whatever you want to do, but it is still a choice. You can't just ignore it. People offend people. And most of the time, we all know that hurt people hurt people. Say it with me. Hurt people hurt people. So a lot of times people are hurting, probably didn't get past the, the offense before, right? So they festered it and got angry. So they're mad at them and hurting you. So they're hating them and hurting you. Are y'all hearing me today? It's because of something they never did get over. So I hope today that we can learn something through this. Uh, Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger, but it is his glory to overlook an offense. It is actually it is actually a spiritual maturity. It is it is is a healthy spiritual maturity that overlooks an offense. Will they come? Absolutely. Let me see by a show of hands. Uh, even at home, I can't see you, but you can see me. How many's ever been offended? Well, I haven't had a hundred percent participation in an altar in a long time. How about upstairs? Did anybody upstairs ever been offended? Yeah, a couple, all three of you, all five of you, all ten of you, all twenty of you. Whoever's up there, I can barely see you. I'm not offended, though. Stay up there all day if you want. The Bible says we we get offended. And uh, it it serves to separate us. It separates us from the body of Christ. Uh, Do you know how many people leave churches based upon petty offenses? And the idea is that they'll go to the other church and they won't be offended there. But guess what they find? Imperfect people. Everywhere you go. Nature of the beast. I've been offended. You've been offended. I had to learn somewhere down the line. I'm still every day. I think I got offended this week. Anybody get offended this week? 
No? Well, you follow me, you'll be offended a lot. <laughs> I was offended when I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and they had a sign on the door that said, Close, we don't have any workers. I'm teasing, I wasn't offended by that. Although I do like chicken. Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. So so it's it's a crazy world, and the devil's using this. Um, and and it may seem like a small thing, but but it's going to come, and it, it's inevitable. So so I want you to see this because uh, in our culture today, people are are just taking the bait, taking the bait. In fact, Matthew twenty four ten through thirteen then said there may uh, there many will be offended. That's what it says. Scandalizo, same word, creating a snare for others, and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, does that sound familiar? The love of many, this is the church, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So an offense that's unchecked leads to betrayal, and betrayal leads to hatred, and it opens the door to deception. And you might start off with a real, listen, a lot of people have real reasons why they've been offended. There's some ugly people out there. I said there's some evil, ugly people out there doing very offensive things. And it's easy if you allow yourself to be a target. Man, if you are, you're prone to being offended, uh, that's, that, that's not a sign of maturity. So, so uh, let's, let's just keep going because I, I want to see what's happening. Um, we can live above. We can live above. The first thing was that they will come, right? They will come. The second thing I wanted you to get was you can live above these things that cause us to stumble. Psalm 119, it says that uh, that peace comes to us who has offended, been offended, because you can you could actually have perfect peace. Isaiah says we can our minds could have perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. It's time to get our eyes off the people who offend us and put our eyes on Jesus. Anybody who keeps their eyes on those who offend will always be offended and many, many potentials. So by human standards, Joseph had cause to be greatly offended and angry with his brothers. I mean, first thing they did, they were jealous because his father Jacob gave him a coat of many colors. You can be offended because God has favored you. Can I tell you, if you're mad at me because God loves me, you're going to be mad a long time. Because God loves me. Amen. And there are some people, they just can't handle it. Have you ever seen some people get jealous because somebody else might be blessed? That is a comparative game that Satan wants you to play. You think two things will happen when you compare your life with other people. One is they're going to have more than you. You're going to be jealous or, or feeling lack uh, in some way. And, uh, and then the other is that you're better than them and you're going to be proud and arrogant. How I many know either way you go, you're going to be in a bad way. So quit comparing yourself to everybody around you and start looking to Jesus to help you, right? And so Joseph had every reason to be offended. Of course he did. And, uh, and then after they, they took him and threw him in a pit, uh, the, uh, the pit to me, if you're taking notes, Max, is the PIT, is people in training. That's what the pit is. How I many know oh, God wants to use you to grow up? Sometimes uh, he'll even put people, offensive people in your way to see how you handle it. Even Jesus had Judas at the table. There's always a, a betrayal. There's always a de, there's always somebody who's going to deny you or betray you or diss you or hurt you or say evil things or do something bad about you. Every day you're going to wake up, you have the potential to face another person who offended you. Every day, it's inevitable. It's coming. And since you can't get away from it, you're going to learn have to have to learn how to deal with it, right? So the condition in our culture today, my goodness. Politically correct, you can't say anything. Can't say anything. There's somebody waiting in the shadows to try to see what you said and analyze it until it comes out the wrong way. And it's not about what I said. It's, a, it's, about, it's about what's going on in their own heart. There's already bitter things that are going on. Or they're, they're walking on eggshells around them because they're just miserable people. Have you ever met anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. And so I want to keep going, Sister Allie. Uh, three things Joseph did. He took captive every thought. Every thought. I mean, after they put him in the pit, they sold him into slavery. 
he gets uh, he gets out of the pit. Thank God. How many glad God brought you out of the pit? It would be nice if that was the end of the story, but that wasn't the end of the story. Nope. He goes to Potiphar's house, and uh, he everywhere he goes, favor is on his life. Joseph is favored by God. God gave him a dream. He's on his way to pursuing his dream, his destiny. He gets to Egypt, right? It's amazing that uh, God's providential care for Joseph. But while he was in a pit, he already dispatched a caravan heading to Egypt. Uh, how, how many know God has a plan for you? He's not going to let anybody's offenses stop you. You can allow people's offenses to stop you, but God has a plan. In fact, sovereignly, he might even use a, a couple of people to make you uncomfortable. And so he gets to Potiphar's house, and the wife, he serves Potiphar like nobody's business, and the wife falsely accuses him. And uh, I love what Joseph did. He ran. I mean, you want to talk about the beginning of spiritual growth? When you see temptation and sin, run. Get out of that house. Leave your coat, but never lose your character. You can get another coat, but trying to find your character, that's a whole nother story. He said, lady, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to defy my God, and I certainly don't want to dishonor my potter for my master. But but he had a proper he had a proper priority. He said, God first, then my master. And I don't even know what to do with you, lady. So she grabbed his coat and she turned it in. She falsely accused him. Anybody ever been falsely accused? How many times? If you sit in leadership for two seconds, somebody's gonna lie on you. Somebody's gonna offend you. I mean, if you say good morning, you said it the wrong way. Today, if you say good morning, you said it the wrong way. He said morning, and it's almost noon. You know what I mean? They're just so critical, so so filled with examination. You feel like American Idol, you know? They leave church, and the pastor was either a two or a ten. I don't know. Can I tell you, as a leader, I can't live with schizophrenia. Wondering whether I'm valuable or not based upon your judgment. How many of the Lord is the one I'm talking for? Amen? I'm not here to put on a, a program or a dance or entertain somebody i'm speaking the truth and and guess what sometimes when you speak truth you offend the truth can sometimes be offensive that's why paul says make sure when you speak truth you speak truth with love wrap it up with love make sure you don't that you and what's happening in our culture today pastors and leaders are so scared to speak truth that they water it down and they dilute it until they almost are just Tickling people's ears, scared they're not going to offend somebody. And, and, and they're walking on eggshells. But I'm just thankful I'm free. I'm glad. This is how it feels to be free. I said, uh, <laughs> pucker up or duck, but here I come, right? <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. But a brother, uh, Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. It's just a contentious culture. It's contentious. If you say anything about anybody, it's a, it's a cancel culture. It's a cancel culture. Can I want to cancel me if you want to? Okay, but you cancel me, somebody else is going to offend you. You just hang in there; they'll be there. So even though um, Joseph was was uh, falsely accused, they sent him into prison. And uh, he forgave his brothers. He, 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 he had to forgive. Today we're going to deal with forgiveness. Because, because offenses are inevitable. They're inevitable. So what we've got to learn how to do is forgive. We've got to learn how to let it go. We've got to learn how to release it. We, we, we can't let it fester. We can't get angry. How many got angry this week? Somebody did something or said something. No. I have a sanctified church. That's good. This message for somebody online, everybody in the house is sanctified. I love this. This is good. I, I picked the wrong message. And so offended people are introspective, filter everything through past hurts and rejections and offenses. Ultimately, they find it impossible to believe God and others who are not on their side. It's, it's really a tough thing for them. <laughs> okay, so so it, it's it's hard to deal with people who... Who can't uh, who can't forgive? And so let's keep going. Uh, the next thing Joseph did was Joseph overcame evil with good. 
providentially, uh, after two years in prison, God got Joseph out of prison, gets him into the palace with Pharaoh, and he wins favor again. I mean, when favor is on you because of obedience, obedience leads to favor. And sometimes favor will lead to a fight you didn't want to fight. Somebody will be offended with you. Just because of your position. I've had people mad at me just because I'm the pastor. You nobody else to be mad at. They don't even know me. And uh, I remember when COVID first started, the first week of COVID, we canceled service. Somebody left the church, got mad because we, 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 we talk, talked about coming back whenever COVID is. Who, who knew how long COVID was going to last? They've been gone. They've been gone almost two years. But can I tell you, I haven't lost one hair on my head due to any of that. How I many know oh, God can take care of, of cleansing his church? Yes, I don't have to deal with that. I said, I didn't do that. I'm just a pastor trying to, to maneuver through a disaster. Through a disaster. So, so vaccinated, unvaccinated, offended. Republican, Democrat, offended. Black, white, offended. No matter what you do, you're offended. So pastors are so, they're so scared, shell shy. Can't even have a conversation, an adult conversation. The point is, though, that if you, if this culture thinks that if you say anything that disagrees with them, you're in the wrong. It's a cancel culture. If you disagree with me about anything, you're in the wrong and you're offended by the person. And that's a bad place to be. Can you say amen to that? It's a bad place to be. So as Christians, I want to say two things to you. Number one, you're responsible for not causing an offense. I need an amen right there. You shouldn't be the one causing everybody to be offended. If, you, if you're like a bull in a china closet, you need to make an altar today. Well, that's just my personality. Well, you need to get saved. You need to be renewed in your mind. God never called us to go offend everybody all the time. And the second thing is, not only should you not cause offenses, you shouldn't carry offenses. Either causing them or carrying them. It's always happening. Okay? And I've offended people before. Unintentionally. I've done things, didn't even open my mouth and offended people. How many ever offended your spouse before? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> How about your kids? How about your neighbors? Oh, Lord, I'm still trying to get victory over my neighbor. Y'all know my neighbor. I'm praying for him every day. He wave, He's waving now. He's waving now. Yeah, hallelujah. I'll take whatever I can get. But I drive when I drive by, it's like walking on eggshells. I mean, he's like a ticking bomb, and I'm like, I'm scared. I'm wearing bulletproof vests. I mean, this is a weird world. They'll shoot you. Why? What's going on? Uh, the Bible indicates that even if we focus upon God and his word, we maintain such peace in our hearts that we can become resistant to offenses. That was Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My prayer for you, O Grove, is that you get to a place where nothing offends you. And the longer you lead, the more things you've seen, you just, you just kind of brush it off. How many have ever let some stuff go? How many ever had to let some stuff go? Well, sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes it's just not the easy to let it go. So, like, it just it just depends upon the intimacy of the person. So, if my if my uh, if my mail person came this week and didn't get my mail out of the slot, uh, I didn't all week. You know, I'm so offended. My mail person didn't take my mail, and they left mail and didn't take my. How many know that's immaturity? You don't even know the mail person. You were sick and angry all week. They were eating potato chips and, and having a great day. You were the one that was suffering. Is anybody here what I'm saying? So you're, you're all been out of shape. They don't even know you exist. You're all by yourself with your pain. But, but if it's intimate relationship, how I many know to the degree of intimacy comes the degree of, of pain, grief? So if somebody you know, it takes a little longer. So there are three, three kinds of people to hurt you. Uh, We'll get, stay right there for a little bit, and we'll get back to it. But if you take your notes, there are three kinds of people that will hurt you or offend you. And uh, the first person is the, is the one that's not close to you, in, intimate with you. It's, it's bad people. 
Bad people can hurt you. Let me know you're listening. Bad people can hurt you. Okay, yeah, I've been aggravated all week. Uh, but then the Pakistani pastor said, uh, God loves the Taliban. I was like, oh, I'm so convicted right now. <laughs> I didn't have the best feelings for the Taliban this past week. But I'm praying through, Max. I believe God loves the Taliban. And God could save the Taliban. They just offended me by killing some of our people. I was a little bit mad. But I got over it. But they don't know me and I don't know them, so I left. Bad people can hurt. Second kind of person that hurts you is when a good person who turned bad, they can hurt you. A good person who turned bad, they can hurt you. And that hurts even more because they were good, right? I mean, it hurts when a bad person hurts you, but don't you expect it? You expect bad people to hurt you, right? Well, if you don't, get ready. Somebody's going to chew you out, cut you off. Say a few choice words to you, and you're not going to like it. It's pretty offensive. Profane, actually. And you're not going to know why they did that. I've had people cut me off, and I don't even know know what I did. They're just angry little people, bad. But when a good person who turns bad hurts you, you expected more out of the good person. So it takes a little longer to get over. But the third person is is the one that really is hard to get over, and that is when a good person hurts you. You ever been hurt by a good person? Case in point, Peter was a good man, follower of Jesus. Malchus comes to get Jesus, right? Peter, who didn't have the right perception, he thought he was going to have to defend God. Do you ever try to defend God? Help God out? Poor Jesus. He's getting arrested. Poor Jesus. How many know Jesus had a plan from the foundation of the earth? He knew where he was going. He knew why he came, and he was going to the cross, right? And he already settled the issue in the garden. Not my will, but thine be done. Here comes Malchus. Peter grabs his sword, cuts off the uh, the ear of Malchus. A good man. A good man. So Malchus is laying on the ground. He's bleeding to death. His ear's on the ground. He has a choice to make. You have a choice to make today. Same one Malchus made. Malchus could have said one of two things. Jesus! If that's the kind of people who you say follow you and serve you, I want no part of you or your kingdom. Rightly so. He just cut his ear off, right? Or he could allow Jesus to heal him. And he chose door number two. And Jesus grabbed Malchus's ear, put it right back on, and he healed him. How many know Jesus heals hurts? So Peter was a good man, but he hurt him. It happens every day in church. Good people. We, we sometimes label them well-intentioned dragons. <laughs> they don't mean to hurt you. Sometimes they don't even know you, you're hurt. They don't even know they hurt you. How many has been hurt and this person didn't even know they hurt you? What do you do with that? I mean, you're like stewing over here by yourself. Like, I wish I could tell them they hurt me, but they don't know they hurt me, but I'm hurt all by myself. I'm going to sit here and soak and sour. So, so we got to get our eyes off people and put them on Jesus. I mean, no, people will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. And offenses build fences and separate us. And every day, people are, are falling prey to this, this trap, this attack. And so a couple of three things. What else do you have? I have a couple of more things. What do you have there, Allie? Uh, this is one thing I think you can do to get the victory. Allow the Lord to command a blessing. The Beatitudes tell us what to do when you're persecuted, offended. Somebody spitefully uses you, wrongs you, right? Bible says, bless them. Pray for them. Command a blessing on them. Did you know how hard it is to hate somebody you're praying for? I'm praying for the Taliban. I don't know what you are dealing with, but that, I had to deal with that. It hit me square in the eye. As if God can't save the devil himself, right? The week before, I told you they were devils, and they are. They're acting just like devils, right? They're evil. But there's not an evil person God cannot save. I said there's not a person that God cannot save. If you're here today and you think you're beyond being saved, think again. How many know Jesus can save you and heal you and deliver you and heal your hurts? And many people are just 
continually that vicious cycle from generation after generation. Some of these offenses and bitterness, the root goes deeper and deeper and deeper. It's a bitter root. Hebrews talks about it. It just goes deeper. It festers. It sinks down, and it stays there, and nobody knows it's there. Sometimes you don't even know it's there until somebody bumps your cup. Don't know what's inside the cup until it gets bumped. And when somebody crosses you and threatens you, you know who the worst are? Insecure people or the worst at being offended. And do you know there's a lot of insecure ministers? My goodness, I felt like slapping a few of them. I mean, they're so like, like the whole world revolves around them. Can I tell you the core of offenses is self-centeredness? Whether you're the one carrying the offense or whether you're the one uh, causing the offense. Self is the problem. I mean, God wants us to die to self. Grow in Christ. So Christ increases, you decrease. And then the level of your intimacy with God will grow and everybody won't affect you so badly. You're not that important to be offended by the whole known world. And so be imitators of God, right? Uh, Paul said, be imitators of me as I follow Christ. Say, I'll show you how to do this. You can't go around being offended by everybody. So, so one of the causes is unmet expectations. The root, the root is from unmet expectations. Man, we set a high expectation on imperfect people. We want everybody to act right. And boy, I'm telling you, I'm looking out at the culture today and it seems like very few are acting right. I look in the church and it's like fewer of them are acting right. Y'all are quiet in here today. What's going on in our culture? Road rage. We have to have classes on anger management in the house of God. Why? Offenses. People are offended. Most hurt feelings in life come from disappointments in people. They they threatened you. They threatened your status. It comes from low self-esteem. If you suffer from low self-esteem, you're offended more often. If you have that, some of some of the scholars say, if you have a higher self-esteem, if you have a higher self-esteem, then you're not as offended. You don't care what everybody thinks about you. But if every day you wake up, you're wondering how you dress and how you look and how you what you do, you know, if it's if it's all if everybody's watching you, you know, you're worried about everybody what everybody thinks about you, boy, you're going to be offended every single day. You're going to be one little measurable puppy. Glad to. I'm glad to have you come here today and have this encouraging word. But shouldn't we know better than to put impeccable expectations on imperfect people? I mean, high expectations lead to serious frustration. So I don't mean to uh, lessen people's potential. But boy, it's hard to have a lot of faith in this culture today. It's cancel culture, right? It's hard. So I want God to help me. What I'm asking God to do for me, pastor's saying, is God, help me to believe in this culture. Help me to believe, give them the benefit of the doubt. Looks like they've lost their mind. Am I the only one? Our expectations should be placed on the Lord and not on man. Are you hearing that? Bitter roots come. And so uh, so first of all, uh, unmet unmet expectations. The second one is unhealed insecurities. Oh, man. They come because of unmet expectations, but they stay because because of unhealed insecurities. Unhealed. There's some of you today still struggling from some hurt that you had in the past. And if you keep that past hurt in your present situation, you'll never reach your destination of maturity. Uh, Somebody's always going to be there. Satan's going to make sure to take that handle that was on that cup and keep on bumping that cup and causing that bitterness to come out. Really don't know where that came from. You say, well, I'll tell you where it came from. It was down deep, and somebody pulled it up. If it's not in you, how many know it can't come out of you? Does anybody believe here today that Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost can take all of that out of you? So that even if somebody bumps your cup or offends you or says something or does something, you don't have to react and respond that way. We're all guilty. I know that. But unmet expectations happen, and then and then... Uh, the most common reason 
is, is insecurities based upon self-concept ideas and feelings about yourself. So, so when it's challenged, you cannot rectify the words spoken or actions taken. Insecurities uh, ensue. The offenses are taken. It's like a guarantee. If you stay insecure, you're going to keep on taking these, these offenses. Just going to keep on like a bank deposit them in you all the time because of your insecurities. Almost you start believing that you're worthy of being beat up. That's who I am. I guess they're just going to do that to me. I'm going to receive it. All of a sudden it becomes a deep-seated issue, way down deep in your heart. And so got to get rid of that. Can you say amen? Got to get rid of that. Get rid of the, those, uh, those bitter roots. And uh, Psalm 118.8, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Hebrews 12, 15, see, that, uh, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. How do you get over it? <laughs> How do you do it? You obtain the grace of God and then release people the way God released you. It's the grace of God that forgave you. How many know you can learn how to forgive other people? Not easy, but it's true, right? It's true. And so uh, obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it become offended. Root of bitterness, defiled. So the Greek meaning of the root, uh, bitter root speaks of a root that bears poisonous, bitter, festering animosity. It's harm, harmful to yourself and to others. So bitter roots bear bitter fruit. Bitter roots, bitter fruit. Cut the root out. And guess what? God's number one deterrent from offenses. Forgiveness. Unforgiveness will keep the bitter root in you. Forgiveness, releasing people, will release that root and you will be free. How many know you can be free in the Lord? It's hard to let go. Not because of what they've done to us, because because of what's still hurting us. The insecurity keeps going a long way. It keeps going a long way. Some people keep it in their life for a lifetime. And the last one, unchecked selfishness. Unchecked selfishness. So it wasn't in the notes because of PowerPoint. Uh, Got too long, and I didn't want to lose. I didn't want you to lose hope. So the three of them are unmet expectations, unhealed insecurities, and the last one is unchecked selfishness. We got to check our spirit. We got to check it out. See what's in, what's going on inside of us. C.S. Lewis said, "Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less." So I tell you, the root of it is selfishness. It's is self-centeredness. Like, like, you're so great, everybody offends you. How many know you're not that great? You're not that, you're not that great. And yet you're the greatest I've ever met, but you're not that great. In other words, the world doesn't revolve around you. Everything somebody says and does doesn't mean you have to receive it and be hurt by it. You don't have to do that. I love what Melissa and I learned early on from uh, Catherine Kuhlman when she was criticized in her crusades, writing in the newspaper about her. All these critics were criticizing her. So so one of her uh, fans, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, people that came to the crusade said, Sister Coleman, did you hear what they're saying about you? Can you can you can you believe what they're saying about you? And she said, Oh honey, they're not saying about they're not saying that about me. They're saying that about who they think I am. So your perception about you can be greater than their perception about you. I mean, you better start learning what God says about you and quit worrying about what people say about you. Your value doesn't come from what everybody thinks about you. So that's why people are image conscious, selfishness. Man, they get toupees. You know what? I never spent a dollar on toupee. If you don't like a bald man, don't worry about it. Go to a church that has a pastor with hair. I don't really care. I'm not going to change who I am to meet your expectations. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's not how you roll. My wife says, you always mention your hair. Uh, Yeah, because some people are image conscious. I'm not image conscious. If you don't like mustaches, I'm supposed to, am I supposed to get rid of my, I, I I got somebody told me, you wear a suit. Why do you wear a suit? Because I like it. I like it. And I don't fit in skinny jeans. (laughs) 
Being, being easily offended is being uh, easily offensive. It all comes from the same root. So if you're always offending people or easily being offended, it's from the same root. Whether you're causing the offense or carrying the offense, it's from the same root. Selfishness. So either way you go, you're in the water. You need to make an altar. Hurt feelings and offenses can almost always be linked directly to self-problem. So what's the cure, Pastor? This self-problem. The wise preacher said, dead men never get offended. Paul said, no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live, I live according to the word of God and not the words of men. Not like I don't care. I mean, some people are getting indifferent almost to the culture. I, I, I even, I was transparent with you. You can almost say, you know, I don't really care what you think. But how many things we should care? We should care about people. We should care about how we present ourselves to people and not be offended all, all the time, right? There are people who, who, who are struggling, right? We don't want to cast people out or hurt people. The church has already had a history of kicking people out. We ought to open our doors and welcome him in. But it doesn't mean you don't speak truth to them. Truth could be offensive and they have to leave. That's up to them. I said it gets hot at Old Grove Assembly. Can't handle it. It's hot in this kitchen. If you think we're going to wink at sin and not preach the word of God, you've got to come to your right mind, right? We're still going to preach the word of God. We cannot water down the gospel. We have to preach the truth. But you need to do that. If I preach on hell, I want to preach on hell with a tear in my eye. God never designed hell for anybody but Satan and his angels. Right? So it's our goal to love people into the kingdom, but you can't coddle them and cuddle them all the time. Worry what they always think about you. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. He's the one I owe. <clears throat> Come on, folks. He's the one you owe allegiance to. You can't please everybody. So you can't stop offensive things from coming your way, but you can eliminate what they feed on. And that's self. Self. So I just want to say, get over yourself, but I don't want to say it in a way that's offensive. <laughs> So, so what's the cure? Yeah, offenses do build fences, but forgiveness builds bridges. Time for us to build a bridge. It's an old country song. Love has built a bridge. Google it. Between your heart and mine. Beautiful song. The Judds, okay? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. So, so, so here it is, two kinds of forgiveness, and we go home, all right? Number one is decisional forgiveness. It's, it's, it's making the conscious decision, regardless of your feelings, to not hold a grudge or punish somebody for any offenses. And, and you move on from the past. You've got to move on. You've got to move on. Don't make me sing the Disney song, Let It Go. But you've got to move on. It's decisional. I made a decision. I'm going to forgive. By faith, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let this go. It is not good for me. It's not healthy for me. I'm letting it go. It doesn't matter. They're over there eating potato chips, and they don't even know I'm mad. And secondly is emotional forgiveness. It usually takes a little longer, but it's also a conscious decision to, over time, God, if you'll help me, if you'll help me. Depends on the degree of the hurt, right? If it's real violent, violent hurt, if it's a violation of you, we don't. none of us become victims. But if you've been really violated, it takes a little more time. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So you got to, by faith, you got to decide. It's a conscious decision over time. Release negative and vengeful feelings and replace them with positive. Faith-filled. God, I release them in the name of Jesus. I release them. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You understand? You have the authority in the name of Jesus. Does anybody believe that? All right, Sister Chrissy and uh, Brother Taylor, I love y'all. I want y'all to come. And uh, it's a very hypersensitive culture. Wow. 
mindlessly offended. So I got to learn how to be tactfully truthful. So for those of you causing offenses, you might ask God to help you with a little bit more tact, diplomacy, and treat everybody with dignity and respect. Doesn't matter if they agree with you. Doesn't matter if they look like you. Are y'all hearing me? I think the church would get along, and the, and the world might be open to hear the gospel if we wasn't so critical and judgmental all the time. So treat everybody with dignity and respect. Love does not dishonor other people. So value those of a different race and gender and age group and belief system. Do unto others as you would have them to do to you. That means treat every person with respect. Do well to bend over backwards, not to wound people. I love what Romans 12, 18 says. It says, if it's possible. Aren't you glad it's in there? If it's possible. If it's possible. That means sometimes it's hard, Max. But if it's possible, live peaceably with all men. If it's possible. Some men and women make it hard to live with. So treat them all with dignity and respect. Expect unfair treatment. I just got to tell you, if you expect it, then you won't be surprised when it gets there. But Jesus said from his own words, Luke 17, 1, it's coming. And woe to them. He'll take care. How many believe God's going to take care of it on payday? Everything done to you wrongly, he will make right. But until then, we've got to release it. Give it to Jesus. Let it go. Let it go. And lastly, I just want to tell you to lighten up. Lighten up. Don't carry your feelings on your sleeve. Got to grow up. Solomon wrote, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. It's to his glory to overlook an offense. Do you have the ability to overlook things? If you don't, this is a good altar. This is where the rubber meets the road. You don't have too many preaching on this because this is where it really hurts. This is hard.